Hello and welcome to Behind the Counter at the Fly Fisher, a series that aims to give you guys an insight as to what's going on behind the scenes at the shop. Come along for some shop talk, fishing reports and general fly fishing banter. Three, two, one, go. Hello everyone and welcome back to Behind the Counter, where <laughs> Great we're off to a bit of a <laughs> rough start today. Um, I've had a problem with speaking on the intro, but I've been away for a couple of weeks and the shop's fallen apart without me. Beautifully done. Did you do some fishing? I did do some fishing, yeah, but we'll uh, we'll get onto that later. Also, mm-hmm. that could not be further from the truth. <laughs> Have a look around. The shop looks spectacular. It's immaculate. Yeah, it that's because absolutely I immaculate. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, we've today got, we've got uh, we've got Josh Bodie joining us. Some talent has finally joined the crew. Yeah, yeah. it's actually Josh Midrow. Oh, what? Yeah, how about that? Mm. What do we? What? What? Do we've we not even know your name? Is that what we've <laughs> no. just uncovered Bo- here? Bodie's just my middle name. Andrew's sending you a pay oh. to the wrong account. Oh no! Spewing. Josh Bodie is just you know flush with cash right now. Josh, if you're out there, Josh Bodie, if you're out there, please call in. He's going to do like one of those superfound.com things <laughs> one day and find all this lost money. Great. Um, should we stick with our normal schedule? So, Andrew, do you want to run us through some sales on in the shop at the moment? Oh, I know. Who's, who's on the panel? We've got, we've oh, got yeah, Josh yeah, in. Sorry, we wanna, yeah, sorry we, guys. We yeah, want right. to give, give him a proper so Josh, introduction. It's Josh's first day. It's his first podcast. Rookie. What's your surname, mate? Midrow. Josh Midrow. <laughs> Beautiful. We've all Not learned Bodie. something. Yeah. <laughs> New, news to us. Um, yeah, we found Josh on the street. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was living in a box. It was pretty rough going for a while there. Uh, long the, time, long the, time customer that we've decided to start. That's uh, right. Actually, you, paying for his attendance in the shop. Yeah, I figured I spent enough time in here as it was. So really, what happened? I reckon is we cleaned you out of all your cash. You basically had nothing <laughs> left, and you'd bought all the gear that you could possibly buy at full retail. That's pretty and, much how it went. And yeah. so at that point, we thought, okay, now it's time to get him on the other side of the counter, where he can buy the, as much gear as he wants at wholesale, but he doesn't need it anymore. He's got, he's, he's got, got everything. Got everything. <laughs> You've made all the money out of me. <laughs> We've just, exhausted him. I pick up the occasional pack of feathers now. <laughs> <laughs> all the big no. purchases. Are, that's that's. Uh, so, uh, tell us a bit about your fishing, Josh. Uh, so, basically, unlike uh, the rest of the guys I'm sitting here at the table with, I actually I catch fish. Ah, oh, uh, here we go. Ego free yeah. commentary. Ego free commentary. <laughs> You've been here one day, mate. Uh, you're about to lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> Still in the probation period. Uh, so, um, I only started fly fishing uh, about last October and was just straight into it. It was... Um, Pretty pretty quickly sunk my teeth into it. Wasn't long before I before I stumbled into into this this palace, and um was was <laughs> poisoned. Pretty yeah, yeah, pretty blown away with never, just never how left. how big it was and all the everything they've got in here. So I Were just you kept coming back. Doing a bit of lure fishing beforehand, or did you? Yeah, I was I oh. was doing a little bit a little bit of lure fishing. Um, Don't use the L word. Yeah, in here. No, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Curse, the cursed word. <laughs> but yeah. no, but your but your background, you yeah. sort of yeah. I've, I've risen above those people now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, ego free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nah. So my my little brother, he uh, he got me into the into the lure fishing, and the first time we actually went fishing, uh, we didn't catch any fish. We didn't even see any fish, but I was just like mind blown with just how stunningly beautiful just wild trout streams are oh, in, yep. in the Victorian uh, wilderness. So it was pretty much game on from there. Yeah. So as yep. much a part of the environment as it was the fishing itself, you think? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, 
I've always been someone who has a has a big appreciation for the environment and, and just nature in general. So just getting out into those fairly, you know, untouched, very pristine areas uh, was was ticking ticking many boxes in in my department. Yeah, awesome. You've studied environment uh, environmental science, haven't you? Yeah, so I, uh, I just graduated in June. I did environmental science, wildlife and conservation biology at, uh, at Deakin. Beautiful. How well it all works together. Yep, certainly does. Did you pass? Yeah, I actually passed with the flying colours. Oh, but, uh, beautiful. Of course gradu- you did. Graduated at least you with a distinction. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got tickets on himself at this point, folks, but we'll, we'll very quickly beat <laughs> that out of him. Get, so yeah, out. I'm sure. <laughs> you, you've, you're going to take the target off Max's back and chuck it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, sales, what's going on this week? Uh, sales, yeah. So there's a um, we've still got the Vision Tosu boots running out at 149 bucks down from 299. So still a bit of really good value there. There's not many of the size tens left. Um, so we're getting pretty low on a couple of things there. But uh, that's pretty much it. We do, or at least tomorrow when we've got the Rise Fly Fishing Film Festival, we will have the uh, fly tying packs, the mystery mystery boxes we're going to have a stack of those at 100 bucks uh, and they're well and truly overloaded as well so there's a few little things going on um, but mostly we're looking at the season ahead now and we're getting well stocked up with all the best gear that there is and um, there's been quite a few shipments that have arrived we're well stocked up on Cortland uh, Vision as well Vision we've been waiting some time for there's some things we've been out of stock with them for oh, more than six or eight months but the um the Onky Rods, which are one of our preferred rods in that $500 price range, all well stocked up again. And the Still Maniac Reel, which is a, a cartridge-based reel, uh, really nice and light, but a good rugged drag system in them and probably the best of all the cartridge-based reels there are. So if you're someone that fishes multiple sink rate lines, you definitely want to check those out. Um, what else, guys? What have I missed? Uh, we just got a big Stonfo order in. I don't think I'm jumping the gun by talking that, but Forbesy, there's some exciting new products in there. No, that's right. Um, so, yeah, as Peter was saying, we've had some stone foe, which is they, they do a lot of our fly tying and a few other um, sort of accessories and things like that. But uh, what actually arrived were a few fly tying tools. So in the uh, lead up to the opening season, if you're somebody that fishes a lot of uh, flies with or dry flies with CDC, uh, you're going to want to check out the CDC winding tool, which... Uh, is a super convenient way of stacking CDC fibres so that you can tie things like F-flies, you can do bum fluff stimmies and things like that really easily and get those, uh, yeah, sort of get those capes on those little dries uh, looking neat and tidy, uh, which can be a bit of a challenge otherwise. Um, Yeah, so that's that's, uh, one of the new ones. Josh, you've got one from Stonefoe over there, haven't you? Yeah, I do. It's um, it's another it's another CDC uh, piece of equipment. So it's a it's called a CDC feathers block, and so basically it's um, what you do is you you slot your your CDC feather in there, which pushes all the fibers up. That you can then uh, clamp that in with a, a material material clasp, and um, that that way you know you you can get the most out of just one CDC feather and maximize that sort of the um, usability of, of your one feather. Uh, it comes in like a, a sort of triangle shape, so no matter how big your CDC feather is as well, you can get the maximum heaps, amount out of it. Heaps of different sizes. It's really handy yeah, if you're into doing your dubbing else. loops. Yeah, dubbing loops yeah and, definitely. And, and definitely with your thing. dubbing loops and stuff, like adding like collars to little nymphs even or um, 
yeah, I suppose you can you know, probably stack it down as well and, and use it as as well with a as like a, a wing for an F fly or yeah. that sort of idea. Yep, absolutely. I th- I think this is a good segue to actually talk briefly about CDC. It's yeah. Caldi Canard, right? I've yep. got that. I've got that right. Yeah, Caldi And it is it's a feather that just is butt of the duck. Butt of the duck. <laughs> so it comes from the, the duck's butt, um, and it's the duck's nuts. Uh, it it <laughs> like the fibers <laughs> on the way that they move in the water is phenomenal. So fantastic for nymphs when they're underwater, mm. but also super buoyant and handy on the surface. So we're heading into Mayfly season and I'm gonna have some C D C flies oh, in, in my fly box. But delicate so. presentation. Yeah. Oh hell oh, yeah. yeah. And it also I've I've heard a lot of people talk about um, the way a fly feels when a trout grabs it. And mm. that I've heard a lot of people like that just love CDC for the fact that it is so soft and they reckon a trout will grab it, think it's an insect for much longer and hold onto it for much longer until they're like, oh, hang on, no, this isn't, this isn't. Then they feel the tungsten bead and (laughs) realise. Then they (laughs) realise. I think that's part of the reason, though, that makes those bum fluff stimmies so effective because a normal stimulator's got the deer hair wing. just like stiff, stiff stuff. Yeah, and if fish is grabbing that, you know, something's going to be a bit funky. But CDC, as soon as it gets wet, just sort of packs up and yeah. super soft and those yeah. you know the cdc like it it just folds away doesn't it so the hook yeah. point is just totally exposed there's mm. nothing to impede the penetration of the hook point yeah, yeah definitely I, it, it is really the wonder material isn't it and oh, you can it see how it's good stuff you know it's been around for forever really yeah. but mm-hmm. it's only now that it's really come of age it's in vogue it is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, it, i reckon what I love about it is it's equally useful in both a, a wet fly environment as it is in a dry fly yep. environment. Yeah, and it floats for days. It does. It's good it does, stuff. Yeah. 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 So um, good. Um, yeah, probably worth pointing out that you want to be using the right floatant on CDC as well. You yeah. know, like your standard gink floatant is just going to mat those little fibres that give it the buoyancy. Um, so any of the high and dry products of CDC is safe. And, um, yeah, the, the powdered floatants in particular are probably mm. the best on yeah. CDC. Go, I think. go yeah. the powdered option if, you, if yeah. that's, that's something you do, definitely. Yeah, 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 for sure. And a lot of CDC like give it a good blow as well mm. before that powder goes on to dry it off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as you said, you don't need it often. I I had this one yeah. little CDC fly that I was fishing that I was given uh, by a guide, and one it was a deadly fly. But one of the things that I thought was awesome is that I fished it the entire day, um, and and only needed to eventually desiccate it, like in the in the late hours of the day. Like I was really yeah. fishing this thing. Um, yeah, and it was good. Uh, yeah, it's um, good stuff. Awesome material. CDC, well, get on it. Yeah, yeah. get it, guys. That's yeah, it. That's, <laughs> it. That's, it. that's it. And it like the different colours it comes in. I want to touch on too. It's not just you know one of those materials. Yeah, pink, olive. You've got your dark natural brown, dark brown, grey. Yeah, natural. Is that the natural colour? White. white yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Really good yeah. stuff. While we're talking, while we were talking about gear before that, Stomfo stuff. Do we, we've all picked out a bit of gear this week that we fish and use? Yep. Do we want to talk about that? What have you got in front of you, Andrew? Uh, mine might be a bit of a segue from my report, actually. It was something that I used up on the Howquist. So yeah. maybe go around and yeah. do everyone else and then we'll come back to Yeah, me. definitely, Josh. Yeah, right. So um, something that I, uh, I picked out was the, uh, the net recoil leash because um, I had one of those uh, that was not of great quality and it, it snapped uh, as, as it, my, my net had been caught in a stick and we ended up... Uh, we ended up backtracking about 400 metres in, in the river looking for my, my $175 weight net, yeah. which was some, <laughs> some pretty tense tense moments. 
because it was uh my net was actually on my on my brother's backpack and he was the one that managed to walk the the recoil leash until it snapped. So a good a good quality net recoil leash. I picked up uh one of the, the McLean's, um, is it? Yeah, the McLean's ones. It's uh, the same same company that makes the uh the weight nets and it's it's tough. It's uh got a full wire core, uh some good carabiners in there, some nice sturdy um split rings as well. So definitely, yeah. definitely worth it. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of a lot of my mates as well, just, you know, have their magnetic clip and uh and that's it. But you know, if that gets stuck in a stick or yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. If you if you jump too hard off a rock, it, that even still that magnetic clip can just, you know, not not be up to the the test of pressure and and there goes your your net. There goes your net. Sadly, I think McLean get judged for not giving away the the lanyard or leash with their magnetic net release, but you can see why, can't you? Like that is a premium product just as a recoil leash. Oh yeah, like, oh, it's a tool. And it's, who's yeah. who's yeah. paying like a hundred and thirty odd dollars just for a magnetic net release? It would be a hard ask. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. you can see, you know. The, the quality in that and it's definitely a necessary addition even if you bought yourself a magnetic net release if you wanted to, to beef up that aspect of it it'd be a wise investment and one that could probably pay for itself if you were yeah. to lose a net of course like if yeah if you if you lose that net there's uh there's like uh what am i what am i trying to say um it's it's a small price to pay for oh, yeah. keeping you making sure your net is gonna stay on your back yeah no too mm. right too right Cool. But, um, I'll talk about what I've got in front of me, maybe. Um, so I've got the... Uh, Peter, how about you go next, mate? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to count you in? Yeah. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, one, go. All right. So I've got the... <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode. <laughs> uh, i got the Stonfo Elite Bobbin. Um, so that, even if you're not familiar with it, it's got an adjustable drag, which is fantastic, especially when you're tying bigger flies and you really want to crank down to get some bigger, bulkier material in there. Um I mean, it's a bobbin, how much can I say? But that adjustable drag is just fantastic. You can fine-tune how, mu- how much, you know, drag you have as you would in a reel when you're, uh, when you're tying up some flies. That's probably the best way to describe it yeah. too. It's like the drag system in a reel. It's yeah. literally yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly the same. It uses a carbon fibre disc yep. that pushes on, I think... Delrin um, or something. Yeah. Some kind of synthetic material. Some kind of yeah. synthetic material, yeah. And... Um, you can just fine tune it. It's actually crazy. Yeah. Mm. How do you yeah. go uh, threading it? You find threading it easy enough, or yeah? Well, I have the Stonfo bobbin threader. Right. So that's so all right. that'd be that'd make life a bit easier. Makes life easier, but you can always just do the old uh, suck trick. Would a regular so bobbin dirty. threader work on that? Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. they're a tungsten carbide tip, so the likelihood of you doing any damage to the tip of the bobbin, putting in any kind of bobbin threader, is, is minimal. Um, yeah. That's yeah. one of the real, I, I guess, great benefits of tungsten carbide over ceramic, which I think was the industry standard some time ago. So, yeah, really durable bobbins. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Your uh, turn. One, one thing I was yeah. just going to say about that bobbin threader is that you still do have the option of loosening the drag and using your palm while you're tying. Yeah, so definitely. So you can still palm it and yeah. apply whatever tension you want, which is handy when you you know you're taking steps and really paying attention to what you're doing with something like you know clouds and minnows or or anything like that that use buck's tail that you Flat need to be able to yeah that sort of thing where you need to be able to wrench down at some points and then apply light wraps uh, later on. Um, I was going to talk about my my favourite piece of gear, actually. I love it. Um, my Orvis chest pack, uh, which is the bee's knees. I love it. Um, pretty much, I was always wearing a 
a vest and found that it was pretty heavy. I'm somebody that is a bit prone to getting a sore back out on the water after a full day. And it was it was definitely something that I noticed. You got your net hanging off you and, and a vest that was quite heavy. Uh, and I switched over this year to a chest pack. So this is just a pretty much multi-purpose pack that sits uh, directly on my chest, um, straight between my nipples, and pretty much uh, sits there. <laughs> where I, where we all want to be. Yeah. Straight oh, between four. Please. <laughs> Perfect. It sits there and, and pretty much um, it holds everything. It's got my flies, it's got my float and my desiccant. Um, it has a little tippet um, spool tippet holder bar. on it. Yeah, tippet bar. Um, and pretty much one of the things I love about it is because it fulfills all of the roles that that heavier um, uh, sort vest, of, uh, vest uh, did. But it's all at chest height. And so when you're on the water and you're actually messing around with flies and tippet and you're trying to tie things on and you're, you, you know, you're messing around, um, everything that you're working with is straight at your chest. So my palms are literally sitting on top of this pack, which is at, the, at my chest, and I'm able to thread, you know, thread hook eyes and everything and have a platform that I can actually work mm-hmm. off straight at my chest. And flies are tiny, tippet's tiny, um, you know, the, the eyes of hooks are smaller than all of that and, you know, to be able to work with that is awesome. It uh, almost gets everything yeah. condensed and even easily, more easily accessible than if it was spread out over a vest. Yeah, you're it? not trying yeah. to file yeah. through yeah. your pockets looking for yeah. that and fly by one and little zone. Like, I will state that again. I am somebody that gets prone to a bit of a sore back if I've been waiting all day and this has been a game changer. Yeah. I love it. I think... I suppose another thing, sorry, Pete, I, was, um, I suppose another thing with it is a vest kind of finishes at about your waist. So if you weighed any higher than your waist, your vest is wet. That's and like it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, if we're out fly fishing, everything in that vest is probably designed to get wet. Yeah. But um, just oh. having the convenience of not having to dry out a sopping wet vest at no, the end of the day is No doubt. Also that, that's exactly good. it. That is There's good. a lot of chest packs on the market, but the unique thing about that one, and you've touched on it there, is the, the dis- distribution of weight around your shoulders. It's yeah. a really, really good harness on that oh, one. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I think, you know, bef- to date, in, from the other brands, they've been underdone. And it's just a thin strap that digs into you. It doesn't, you know, spread the weight out. But this one's got nice sort of elastic... Uh, base to it that really just spreads that that weight over yep. your shoulders. Yep. No, I love it. And so with a with a, a D ring as well, so you can hang a net off the back. Oh yeah, yeah. I hang yeah my net off with the a back. McLean with net recoil <laughs> leash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work, work together. Um, yeah, no, perfect. It's it's just a good little setup. I use it for lakes and rivers and the whole lot. And if I'm fishing for trout, I've got it on me. Yeah. Cool, mate. No, that's good. Um, so reports. Uh, I I. Are we, yeah, can yeah, we talk yeah, about you can yeah. talk about reports. Sorry, sure. I just had to check with the boss there. <laughs> he's, he's giving me the all clear. Um, I had a really good weekend up at the the Hauker and Delatite. Um, I was late getting up there after uh, working in here on the Saturday, so it was just a, just a Sunday fishing. Um, the mates that I was up there with, they fished the Delatite to really good success the day before. Um, fishing just in along the edges uh, above Buttercup Creek. So Buttercup Creek is a, a creek that flows into the Delatite that does have a tendency to get quite dirty with rain. Um, but getting, you know, even two or three feet above that, you're in fairly clear high water. We found the same thing at the Hauker. And I can tell you that when we sort of drove into the Hauker and you get to Sheepyard Flat and you see the water and it's like, oh, you beauty, it's clear, like how good, you know. I think this is a common theme across the board at the moment. Like 
everyone's thinking, oh, shit, everything's going to be blown out. And, yeah, it, it kind of is. But if you adapt to that that fishing, that yeah, high water there's, fishing. There's still a way to fish it. There is. Yeah. There really is. And more than that, it's like it's got to be one of the most productive times of year to fish if you're fishing your nymphs the right way. Yeah. You know, like um, pretty much every likely uh, run that we fish that was uh, calm enough water that would be good that fish holding, you know, lies, it was incredible. Um, so the the Hauqua at Sheepyard Flat, we, we fished around there, a uh, group of four of us, and really we did well. You know, any likely bit of water was holding a fish. Squirmies obviously worked quite well, um, and then any sort of bigger tungsten nymph fly, it's big water, so getting a fly that's got a decent-sized slotted bead on it was necessary. Um, and I, I tell you what, like more and more I'm discovering this thing. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but this thing called Euronymphing. Oh, have no, you? never heard of it. No, what's that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's this thing that well, I think it was developed somewhere in Europe, which is why they call it Euronymphing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's not like a sexual thing, Peter. It's just yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, my mind was wondering. Is, I hear European and I just think nymphing the same yeah, same thing, isn't it? It kind of is. Yeah, like I think the Czechs developed it to start with, uh, then the Spanish laid claim, and then later the French. And the French, you know, they loved it. Sounds like everything in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's the way. The no, Euronym things exploded, hasn't it? It really yeah. has. Yeah. And like I, you know, I'm one of those guys that I think probably poo-hooed it to start with, until I realised that it was just another, another, uh, what do they call it? Another Method. Feather in your bow or arrow in your quiver. Another feather in your cap. Yeah, no, another, another, another weapon. weapon yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks, guys. Speaking uh, of, of you're a nymphing, we are. We actually just got the Vision Nymphomaniac uh, rods back in. Nymphomaniac. Nymphomaniac. Yeah, there's yeah. no O there. Yeah, no, right, we're yeah. not nymph. They got rid of the O. I was like, hang on. They got rid of the O. Nymphomaniac. Yeah. So that so that it'd show up in Google. <laughs> Nymphomaniac is a very that. competitive and search I was term. Like, I was like, hang <laughs> on, it. <laughs> yes, they just they just came back in after being out of stock for twelve months, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a long time. Um, we, yeah, no, and they are like one of the best Euronymphing rods. That's what I was fishing up on the Hauqua. I've got one of the four weight ten footers. Four weights probably, I think, maybe a little overgunned up there. Um, I'm, look, I'm still learning at this Euronymphing caper, as I t as I mentioned, but it just being another method of fishing nymphs, and it was almost look. Th this is going to reflect on my lack of experience fly fishing, but there was, I had that realization when I was up on the Hauqua and just going. There is actually no other way to fish this water. Yeah. No other way. Yeah. 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 You can indicate, you know, to your heart, your heart's no. content. You're not going to catch shit. No. no, it's that simple. Yeah. When like when the water's moving that fast and you're fishing an indicator, the indicator just carries the flies. There's no drift. There's yeah. no natural drift. Unless they're looking for surface nymphs. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Very, they're traveling at 300 <laughs> kilometers an hour. <laughs> you find the fastest fish in the West. That's good. <laughs> the most suicidal <laughs> trout that's ever lived. Desperate to, <laughs> desperate to be hooked. So hungry. Yeah. For, yeah. For yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, browns and rainbows, all chunky fish in incredible condition. And they, they carry on and jump and they do everything that you'd expect a, a fish of sort of, you know, midsummer to do. It was. Uh, yeah, just so much fun up there. It's so just, it's the best up there. Were, isn't you it? and, um, were you and all of uh, the four mates you were with, were you all, you were an infant? 
Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And but we, you know, um, one of our one of our mates, Mark Jacobson. Um, shout out to Mark. Mark, we've actually just put on as one of our ambassadors. Um, he's based in Mount Beauty, so expect some reports and chats with him on the uh, on the podcast at some point. But um, give him a follow. Uh, I'm trying to think of his handle now. Oh, this um, only works if you can yeah, remember shit. it. We'll report in later. But he runs um, he he runs a business out of Mount Beauty called Grass Valley refreshments it's far and away the best cafe in mount beauty um he uh yeah does a great job with the food and the coffee there and loves fishing chat so if you're up that way and wanting a report or a bit of info on where to go um he's the man to chat to for sure and you'll get a a good coffee and a good feed while you're at it there you go phenomenal um and uh so why oh yeah mark so back to mark mark was um he's uh, like caught a few on the euro and he's much more proficient at euro nymphing than i am mm-hmm. um and that he sort of scratched that itch and then he's like oh, i want to catch one a different way and so he fished a dry fly quite a bit um had a, a couple of fish that actually came up and refused the dry believe oh, it or not so like, was he carry, was that on the euro nymphing rod yeah 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 oh so. no actually sorry he did switch it out so he had a five weight nine footer that he ran the uh both the dry fly and the and the, the and, and he also tried to indicate a nymphing. So yeah, yeah. we get to this like awesome looking piece of water, and it's like, oh, this is gonna be loaded with fish. Like, there's no two ways about it. It's just perfect. Yeah. And um, so I had the euro, and it, you know, one of those rare bits of luck where you actually do everything right. My first cast caught a fish, and I was like, oh, we're on here. This is mm. just going to be one after yeah. another. Um, and he had the indicator nymph rig on, and so he's like, yeah, no worries, I'll have a go. And so he's fished his way up, and, um, yeah, the first sort of quarter of water that he that he, that he fished up, uh, nothing, 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 nothing. And he's like, oh, I'm going to need to put some heavier nymphs on. So he puts on, like, two much heavier tungsten nymphs, yeah. lengthen, lengthens the, the leader out a bit and moves the indicator up to give him that extra depth. Yeah. Still, nothing, nothing, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Like, really? As simple as that. Like was that, you on, just, was you that on the Halfo at, at Sheepyard? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Just up I from the I, main bridge there. I th- yeah, I think I know exactly the piece of water you're talking about because um, not not to, not to cut you off. It's sorry. a secret spot, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, just yeah, it's secret. It's only only everyone in Melbourne knows about. <laughs> it. Um, it is a spot you'd normally drive past. I think you know, like the Hawker's got so much good water in in the the heat of summer and slightly lower levels. Mm. I think there's probably better stretches of the river to fish. Yeah. Um, but at this time of year, you know, it's it's it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um. Oh, sorry, sorry to stamp on your parade a little bit. I'll just jump in, jump in your, uh, your, your way. But, jump in um, your parade? Jumping right into the parade. <laughs> jump on me. Jumping jump into your river right above you. Um, High hole. But, yeah, just to, just to I su- suppose, support what, uh, what Andrew was saying there was um, I went with my brother uh, up to fish the Delatite and the Hauqua. We went and stayed at uh, one of my brother's, uh, his friend's house in Mansfield for the night. And, um, yeah, we, so we were just indicating nymphing and had pretty hard time fishing it we were pretty much stuck to the softest and slowest of the edges and that was the only place we could really you know pick up a fish or two and like we uh we did we did catch a couple fish nothing to write home about but um and it was you know still it's it's a gorgeous gorgeous place Uh, i suppose we are we went on the tuesday wednesday which was uh like 15 degrees and sunny and so all of the snow melting off mount buller quickly picked up in the in the delatite flow was was really moving long and the water was freezing cold um but yeah i think uh 
probably your only thing was was the way to go. It sounds like because we yeah we had not not a great deal of yeah. luck on the Hauker as well. Like tough fishing. Yeah, it it was it was real tough fishing. You know, you'd cover a good sort of what five hundred meters of water, and you know, be lucky if you you caught one fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was it was it was hard work. Still still awesome just to get out there and. Yeah, be casting away. I think you, you there's like in that high water, there's still a lot of unfishable water. You kind of got to walk past a fair bit of stuff to get to those those runs yeah. where it's like, oh, okay, you know, this is where they'll all be. Mm. I, yeah, I think you can waste a lot of time trying to fish that fast yeah, water. Fast, fast, Mind you, like any any current scene where you can tell there's just that little bit of slack, that will be enough to hold fish yeah. for sure. Yeah, 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 no doubt. That's yeah. where that is, as you've said, where your urine nipping comes in. You've just got that control, and mm. you can fish those seams. It's just that. Yes, yeah. it's, it's yeah, it's just getting it yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. Um, you stopped in at the Goulburn on your way home, didn't you? Yeah, we did. I haven't um, actually finished my... <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Andrew, finish but, off, well, finish off your, back your to Because, you know, as I said, it tied into some of the gear that we fish. Mm. Um, of course. I couldn't find my Euro-nymphing reel when I was packing for the trip. So uh, I grabbed the, um, the Vision Info Maniac, <laughs> 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 threw it in the car, and then I was like, oh, shit, you know, where's my reel? What am I going to do? Um, but Signed Big Anglers have released a new 30-foot absolute Euronymph leader. 30-foot, um, it, it, it's a long leader. And so while I was thinking, oh, well, that's going to just be mono all the way back onto the reel, which will put me in good touch with my flies. You know, I'd, I'd always prefer to fish a Euronymphing fly line. Um, but if I am not going to do that or I'm looking for a bit of a shortcut or something I can carry in my vest or pack, it'll be one of these leaders. So I, I grabbed one of those off the wall and ran it and so easy. Like, really? oh, this thing is awesome. Like for 50 bucks, you've got really everything you need for Euronymphing. Um so it's sort of set and forget. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. They come in uh, 2X diameter and 4X diameter. So if you had the Euronymphing rod, you probably are better off with the 4X one. Mm. Um, whereas if you wanted to try Euronymphing on a 5 weight or even a 6 weight, dare I say, you could. Yeah. You know, like a 9-foot rod of, of any line weight, you could give it a go with one of these. Tie that on and, and you've got that conversion. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like everyone go. should really carry one of these in their pack, I reckon, because it just will make them a more adaptable, better fly yeah, fisher. Yeah, just being, you know, versatile when you're on the water. Yeah. means a lot. Nothing yeah. worse than like going past water that you know holds fish. It's just because and you not can't being fish able it. to fish yeah. it. And yeah. it's literally that thing like I just don't have the gear to fish this. Yep. Like, yeah. Fuck right. that. Yeah, yeah. You want to be prepared, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the, the the cool thing about that is, you know, you can tie it onto a non Euronymphing rod. Is that that's what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You can So whether you're using this as a stepping stone into Euronymphing or you're just carrying it always for that that odd occasion where you've only got the one outfit and you just want a bit of versatility. I just see so much use for something like that. And I'd go the longer one. You know, they do the shorter one, which has been around a long time. Um, you really need a Euronymphing outfit in order to mm. use the shorter one, whereas the longer one, where the mono goes all the way back to the reel, it just puts you in such good touch with your flies. Cool. No yeah, one cool. Can, you just can't stuff it up. Cool. It's so there good. <laughs> I um yeah I might have to give that a yeah, crack. I'm That's thinking about giving that a whirl because I mean after this conversation I didn't I didn't realize that Andrew had had uh, so much luck on the on the Della Titan Hauker that I went and fished two days later and maybe you know scratched <laughs> up a, a couple of small rainbows. Yeah, yeah. You've only been it. fishing for like two months though. Yeah, you've got to switch it up. <laughs> you'll you'll learn. You'll that learn. is that is a good yeah. that is a yeah, fair yeah. point. Yeah. You but, didn't uh, come here to learn. I just come here to learn, of yeah. course. Yeah. And I'm learning. I'm learning that maybe this Euro nymphing. 
Peter <laughs> is, is, the guy. is the thing I need. Uh, that's day, my saving grace. Day one, and we've made a Euronym for Ogden. That's, uh, that's <laughs> oh, unexpected yeah. results. Hey, I, look, I maintain it's maybe not my favourite way to catch a fish, um, but, man, you can't question its, its effectiveness yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it, for its sure. appropriateness for yeah. a particular water type. In, in that water. I, I suppose it all comes down to, like, your values and I suppose the reason that you the reason you fly fish and for for me for instance a lot of that reason is to just be out in, in this these beautiful landscapes and granted i do like the feeling of casting fly line and i think casting fly line is very therapeutic but um i do also like catching fish yeah so maybe you're an infant so is the way to go it is uh, yeah give it a crack yeah rather yeah, than I passing up I, on that i think i might um, give it oh, a burn oh good idea oh good um you had a pretty cool story from hang on are you finished andrew yeah, I'm finished. All right. Awesome. Anyway, it was a really great weekend. <laughs> we drank way too much grog, but we had a bloody good time. No, it's actually brilliant. All right, right, next. Good, good, perfect. I'm out. Um, <laughs> Josh, you had a cool story from the Goulburn. Uh, you, oh, yes. Um, so my brother and I, um, on our way back from the Haukwa, we we stopped in at the Goulburn River up at Thornton, and um, it was very high, as, as most rivers are at this time of the year. Um, and... We tried nymphing for a little bit, no no success. Um, however, we decided as a bit of a last-ditch effort and just, just to you know, give it a bit of a burn and see what happened, we, we tied on a couple of woolly buggers, some weighted woolly buggers, uh, kitted my, my brother out with a, one of the poly leaders um, and I just had a, 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 an intermediate sinking fly line that I figured would do the trick um, and we started swinging some woolly buggers just to see what had happened and then... All of a sudden, my brother just yells at me. He's like, "Josh, I've got a fish!" Yeah. And I was like, "No way! There you go." Yeah. So um, and he's fairly new to fly fishing, isn't yeah, he? he yeah, he is. He's only only been a handful of times. Um, so a handful of times, and he managed to get a get a trout out of the gold and on actually, the swing. It was actually a decent a decent brown. Yeah. It was a good looking. Oh, fish. good, perfect. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a decent fish. So um, that was that was pretty cool. He uh, he reckons it was his uh, most rewarding fishing experience of his life. Yeah. To, to quote him. No, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's that was awesome. that was pretty grouse to, to, to get him onto a fish like that. And it was um that's you know just all part of the reward of fly fishing, I suppose. Nah, cool. Perfect. Created another addict. Well done, mate. Yep, you know Fan- me. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Making get addicts in. left, right, and center. <laughs> Does he want a job? He's a paramedic. I think he's he's kind of oh, he's, he's got, uh, he, yeah, he's he's got, got his got work line pretty yeah, pretty okay. sorted. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um what else? I suppose we're looking at me for my fishing report now. A fellow healthcare oh. hero that saw the light of fly fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get your brother at some point, mate. Yeah. We'll work oh, on it. I'm, I'm working on it. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, I don't actually have a fishing report. I have been doing a lot of tying. So what I, have you been uh, tying, mate? I've been tying uh, just as many mayfly imitations as I can. Yeah. Um, so I'm really. You gave me a, a gentle ribbing last week about uh, my capacity for tying more traditional <laughs> patterns, um, and so I, I've, I've taken that on board. And and I'm we keep finding that Forbes is just that little more sensitive than we thought. I'm I'm actually <laughs> a really emotional dude. He's a, he's a, he's a gentle giant. Forbes. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Um, yeah. No, I, I've uh, I've been having a crack at just tying as many mayfly patterns as I can, um, mixing it up and. You like going parachutes, back, going back, yeah, working on yep. my parachutes actually, um, mm. and it's it's pretty tricky. Like mm. it's they're they're not the the, the finishing of the parachute is that what the you're, finishing the of the parachute is is 
hard. I yeah. actually I feel like finishing a parachute is easier than finishing a regular. Ooh. Now you a said regular this. Mayfly you said this to me the other reg- week, and I think that is just a lie. <laughs> well, let's let's the, let's the bring up one of the glasses, man. Yeah. I'll show you how so it's done. The, the yeah. traditional versus the, the versus the parachute. There, yeah, there is there is a fair bit of technique to. All right, question: mm. Are you tying off the hackle on the post, or are you tying off the hackle on the hook, on the post? I, yeah, on the post. On the post. Post is easier. On the yeah. post. Yeah, on the post. I is feel easier. like it's more secure as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's finicky, and I've got. Big dopey hands, and I'm and so I'm working on working on honing that in. I think I've actually realised in the in the last couple of days that I think I was actually tying too small as well. I mean, we we're talking about it today, Andrew. Mm. In Australia, terms of yeah, like ju- just too, the, too small hook size or yeah, too, too, small, too small hook size. Yeah, um, right. Too small hook size. Um, we we're talking about it today. Australia have some of the largest mayfly in the world, and mm. when you're out on those western lakes and things like that, you know, I, I turned to you today and said. What size, you know, parachute atoms are you throwing if you had to choose one? You said twelve or fourteen. Well, parachute atoms, I'd never tie on. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But but a, a paradigm of some, you know, dark brown description, description. Of, of something. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be twelve up there. Yeah, I like the bigger ones. But then, uh, like they do vary too. And yeah. I think I don't know. Different days, smaller mayfly, sometimes large, larger mayfly. Yeah, uh, I definitely yeah. think maybe that October, November hatch a bigger mayfly than like mm. April May mayfly. Well, yeah, I was listening to a to another podcast done by these these American blokes and they were saying that um, when when a particular species of mayfly start to hatch, the bigger ones always hatch first and then they get smaller as the yeah, hatch right. continues. And these are these are some guides in America, so they I kind of I trust them a, a bit. I don't know them personally, yeah, but, but yeah. Um, they seem to know way more stuff. than our guides in Australia. Yeah, I'll, no, they I don't. wouldn't believe anything they no, say. Nothing. <laughs> but, um, was, Talking yeah, about you, Scotty <laughs> Alphabet. Just, just yeah, just a trend that they'd noticed was that um, that most and that was for mayfly and caddisfly um, that they get smaller as the hatch like continues. Yeah, later yep. on, for, you know, for a hatch that might. Span over over about a month. They, yeah, they cool. go like from like size sixteens down to eighteens, twenties sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that size, yeah, you know, those twenties and twenty twos that you see, yeah. um, it in the states. It's it's crazy tying that people do it, but it is actually useful over there. Yeah, I, definitely. I think I think my point here with what I was saying is that somebody had perhaps tapped me on the shoulder, or I'd watched a tying video at some point early on. Um, in my tying career, and thought that for some reason I needed to stock up on a heap of size sixteen dry fly hooks. Well, yeah, and that I, was, just, and I that just did the same and, as well. And, and it, was, it was an American video that yeah, I, like yeah. someone someone tying in America, and he, I I recall his words exactly. This is when I first started tying, and he mm. said, "If I could only ever fish one pattern for the rest of my life, it'd be a size sixteen Adams." Exactly, and yeah. I was like. Size sixteen. Mm. I need to learn that to tie like that. That must be the way. That's um, got to be the way. Yeah, and and so I think I'm making this tra- transition now, where I'm going to start tying on some twelves, and they will actually work because you know I didn't want to start tying large patterns mm. and then never fish them. Yeah. So uh, now I'm actually going to start tying larger and patterns have and have confidence that yeah. I will actually fish them and and fish them effectively. Well, um, yeah. Recently, I purchased the um the uh, what's it's the Australian. Trout food and oh, the green cover, yeah, the green yeah. cover one. Rob Flowers book. Yeah, yeah I, I purchased that from here, and I, I opened it up the other day, and because I, I was I was tying up some mayfly patterns, and I was like, what what hook size do I actually need? Because it, it covers it really well in that book. It, it it's got everything from pretty much all the different genera of of mayfly down to like 
the sort of sizes in hooks that they range from the like and the, a few sort of suggestions of um of flies that you you know you can tie like you know your atoms and, and whatnot but um yeah most of them were around that sort of 12 14 mark and yeah. i was like i was pretty i was pretty shocked because i i was thinking you know t- i'm tying size 12 surely that's too big surely uh, it's too big yeah i think two things you know one our our bugs are maybe just that little bit bigger um, but also our fish are just that bit more opportunistic yeah you yeah. know well, they're I mean, seeing yeah. everything come down at, at once there'll be caddis there'll be mayflies stone fly stoneflies is it's kind of a mix of everything they're so not they're, keyed in they don't get so keyed into the yeah. size yeah. like those big hatches in north america yeah where there's just clouds of size 16 you know blue wing dollars yeah. well if you're not matching that then you're just not yeah, in the game, not the game. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. and I, I i suppose it was you know it was one of those things that i was thinking like oh well i'm throwing these size 12 patterns that i've you know i've um i've tied and they are catching fish so maybe it's just because they're opportunistic and I'm thinking in, you know, in the long run, well, when I come across that real picky fish, when I come across that stream that's just full of really, s- like, sus, picky, picky fish, how am I going to catch those if, I, yeah. if all of my tides are too big? But it seems like, you know, the the size 12, size 14, like, ties is actually kind of the way to go. That, yeah. that does match the hatch yep, in overall. this case. Yeah, yeah. So There's going to be people out there that are probably going to disagree with us oh, on that abs- one. Because I know and some guys that, that love be. their small yeah. flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 100%. It's, um, it's nice being able to see your fly. It's nice being able to have it float. Yeah. Uh, and that all is related to the size of it. Yeah. yeah. And having, you know, a, a size 12 atoms or like some sort of, you know, done like parachute thing makes it float really well yeah a bit yeah. more material in there yeah. and it's got that buoyancy and you can s- suspend a nymph underneath as well you know so if you're a dry dropper kind of you know fisherman mm. uh you need that size yep mm. um so where are we fishing next guys what are you up to josh um look i uh i'm not sure on the exact river i think i might head up to uh around marysville buxton area on on thursday i've got the uh, i've got the day off so um Given it's the, the the public holiday for mourning the Queen, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people out there, you know, mourning her the right way and fly fishing. <laughs> um, There's nothing more regal. There's nothing more <laughs> regal. Yeah. So I, she would have definitely picked up a fly rod at some point. Well, I saw this. We I saw this photo, oh, and there was it that was would be a good her photo. and um, some other bloke, and I couldn't tell you who it was, but they were yeah, they were, they were fly fishing. Oh, really? There you go. Sure. Well, I mean, he was. She was standing with him, but. Yeah. You know, she was next to a river, so surely she gave it a go. Surely, yeah, surely. That'd, that'd Assuming women were allowed to touch fly rods back in those days, Dude, oh. she's the queen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's allowed to do a lot of things. <laughs> I, I, I believe there have been was. yeah w- women participants in fly fishing for as long as it's been around. Some of these cool photos that I have actually seen in recent times uh, coming out of I think it was the states um, of all female fly fishing clubs, and yeah. they're mm. in all of their like very traditional dress, yeah. and and that's all clearly very traditional. But they're down on the banks of the river and they're fly fishing and teaching other, each other how to how fly cool. fish. It's like, That's yeah, it's, it's actually yeah. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, um, where we're fishing next? Um, so Buxton yes. Marysville. Yeah, Buxton Marysville area. I might have a little little crack at uh, the Rubicon if it's if it's not you know loaded with people, which I'm sure it will be. It's just uh, my my goal for this season um, is just to look at new water. So as as I said before, I only started. Uh, really trout fishing and, and in particular fly fishing last uh, October or so. So I've only really had one season on the water and 
um, I'm really keen to just look at new water and go and go and explore some new places. I just love the exploration of it. So definitely keen to look at a bit of, bit of new water around that sort of Buxton area. Hell yeah. No, it's, it's a beautiful neck of the woods. Do you find it a little bit hard to drag yourself away from the spots that you know you're going to go and clean up? I think that's why I didn't look at so much water like last season was because you pretty much you'd find me every single week. I'd just be on the taggedy catching like 25 rainbows, yeah, just, yeah. just all on dry yeah. flies, not a nymph to be seen. I didn't need it, didn't want it. It made casting a mission and I was like, I'm just going to dry fly fish no, this entire season. Yeah. And it was grouse. Yeah, yeah. Loved no, it. That's, you, that's, you never get sick of that either too. Oh, no, no, it's it's so it no, is always fun. It's always going to be that good. Explosive fun. dry fly eats for, you know, small fish. Mm. Big flies occasionally, you know, big stimmies yeah. and things like that. Stuff it is the nice best. And easy to see. It is the best. Yeah. Um, but I suffer from the same thing. I, I actually had to say to myself this year, you got to go out and try some new water because yeah. I just got tangled up in my spots and, and just familiar water where I, uh, you know, I knew that there were <laughs> fish there and catching fish in different spots on the same river, you know, so it switches mm. up a little bit, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, it's like, I mean, but you never have the same day. For it's it's not the same, it's might, never the same day. One, and like in the in the Taggarty, for instance, it's you don't have big long, long pools and big slow stretches. It's all just a tumbly sort of mountain stream with yep. big pools, big pockets. And yep. um, it's, you know, it, it, it takes, you know, 10 seconds to get a get a drift but in, it, in each little it's pool. also a real challenge to to fish new water and well they present yeah, different definitely. different challenges i, I of know course. That i went yeah. from being very used to fishing sort of you know slightly wider rivers you know for instance the stevo in my early days mm-hmm. um to going to the taggarty and finding that it presented a unique challenge in that i you know i was there with peter and he's the master of the bow and arrow cast and he's you know a, a bit more um slight than i am and yeah. you know i'm bashing through the bush and looming over things and <laughs> spooking every single fish um yeah something to get used to and something to yeah. funnily yeah. enough with the taggarty i feel like the higher up in the taggarty you go the wider it gets which is kind of a little bit counterintuitive yeah yeah, yeah. like the, the bottom of bit. the taggarty is so enclosed and yeah. tight and like yeah. there's there's still some good fishing to be had in there definitely i can attest to that myself but um, we have a few streams like that you know like th- that are really varied in how they like open up and then tighten up and mm. flow underground and then pop back up again yeah. And, yeah, yeah and like go through sort of you know sort of big long riffle pool sort of things yeah. and then tumble like little waterfall like pocket water sort of yeah streams yeah we, we have a lot of a lot of streams that yeah, yeah. Those, those that. yeah that's an interesting point you know one that i hadn't really thought of being something significant but it, it, not always is the higher reaches going to be tighter and smaller yeah. than the lower reaches yeah. and and sometimes Maybe. you find on the other side of those log jams because mm. you do find yeah. a hell of a lot of log jams there in the are, daily yeah, you have a backup of water and you yeah. have it open up for a bit and it um, is yeah there is there's yeah. some particularly cool zones as we call them uh with my fishing Fishing buddies, you, yeah. you get to you turn turn a bend in the river and you're like, oh, zone, oh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> zone. There's, some, there's some good log jam zones up in the Tuggerty. I tell you what, you fish slime dirt bag. Um, <laughs> That's me. Forbesy, where are you fishing, man? I I have to confess, I I think I talked a little bit of shit the other week when I was talking about how excited I was to get out onto the rivers because I haven't actually been out onto them yet. Uh, yeah, I know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Shake your heads. But I'm getting really, really keen for the looming mayfly season on the lakes. And for some reason, um, the the rivers are in the back of my head and in the forefront of my mind. I'm just thinking about these lakes. And I think we're potentially onto a, 
a good se- like you know from what I'm hearing through the shop we're potentially going to have a good season um, absolutely we're yeah. getting reports of nymphs you know crawling around the rocks and and I think we just need that block of warm weather yeah. to kick it off. Give us yeah. some, it's like give this us is the calm before ov- the storm. Yeah, that's it. It's yeah, give to, us a few to kick off. overcast afternoons, and and I really, really want to get down there and 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 well over there and 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 have a crack at that. Um, yeah, exciting fishing. I can't wait to be able to target still water fish uh, on on the surface. Should yeah. be good. And I'll be yeah. I'll be right along there with you, Forbes. Yeah, beautiful. That's um, a, it's very it's a, very keen. It's a, for it's another a bash on the Western Lakes. Yep, fantastic. We'll see if we can rustle you one up. Please. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've had had pretty pretty rubbish luck for the for the past long while. You've been having donuts. I've been donut session after donut session. Yeah. The, uh, the first the first time I went to the Western Lakes, uh, I ended up fishing Moorable Reservoir, um, and ended up with a. Oh, it would have been a probably. Uh, this is before I had my weight net, but I reckon it wouldn't would have been. It may be just shy of a four pound brown, big, thick, healthy, healthy fish. So we'll call it two pound. Nah. Oh, we get <laughs> it, you see big fish. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome um, back, Peter. Yeah, He's been serving <laughs> customers. <laughs> so he, yep. he hasn't been silent. We've no, he hasn't. He's no. been fulfilling fly fishing dreams. Natural duties. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah but uh, after, after that, um, that encounter, um, my first day, I've just had donut session after donut session. And I went with I uh, went with Forbes to Tullarook. Uh, he, he spoke about that in an earlier podcast, but um, yeah, we no, we caught no fish that day. Oh, so it was, it was a big day. It was a big day. You're still recovering, you too, aren't you? It was <laughs> recovering was, from what? Was, I'm yeah. a little <laughs> apprehensive to go and spend another day. <laughs> <laughs> <Western> disappointment. <laughs> Absolute disappointment. <laughs> That's right. A little a little bit of Maccas on the on the way home, and we were we were feeling good yeah, and yeah, ripe and ready. Again. Massive mood lift on the way halfway home. Oh, was that major? So that might have been the major problem. Was it just lack of? We didn't eat. We just fished. energy. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, well, we, I mean, I'd, I had yeah. like. Two muesli bars. Yeah, each. I had like two muesli bars that had Gosh. been sitting in my fishing backpack for so like. It's months. an amateur era. Yeah, yeah. Junk well, food all I had key. was bananas. <laughs> 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 we had maccas for breakfast and then maccas for dinner on the way home, and it's pretty much all we ate that day. <laughs> all, all, I had a big bunch of bananas. <laughs> the two major keen, food groups. And I, I, I brought it out to hop in the car, and Josh was like, "Yeah, this guy brings bananas," oh, and he's, he's like, like nah. "Oh, are you su- are you <laughs> nah. super superstitious?" And I said, "No, but get those bananas out of here." <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Peter. Peter, you did duck off for a bit, mate. But a quick. Uh, did you? We didn't do your report, did we? No, we didn't. No. I, so uh, a quick report, and then tell us where you're fishing next. I popped down to the surf coast for a week with my partner, um, and I got to duck off and fish the Otways streams a little bit. So I fished the Air River. I checked out the Erskine, and I checked out, checked out. I think it's the St George's River. Um, Erskine and St. George's were dirty, uh, not so much high. Those Otway rivers don't really seem to get high. They just seem to discolour a little bit. Mm. But in saying that, I went to go fish the Air River and that was crystal clear. You wouldn't even tell that you got, you know, a couple of mil of rain the day before and managed to get a couple of fish in an hour just fishing them under dry. Um, perfect water for it, perfect location and actually more accessible than I thought it was going to be. Um, I had a crack at the brim in some of the estuaries, but I am not the best brim fisherman on the fly. Um, yet. 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 Um, but, yeah, still a fantastic experience to get out there and just have such a variety of fishing so close to my accommodation. Um, it was fantastic. And, you know, driving along the Great Ocean Road is fantastic. There's an estuary every couple of hundred metres, it feels like, at some stages. And they all hold, you know, a variety of fish. And Yeah. 
I think it's worth pointing out that if you're someone that is really craving solitude and is a bit fed up with going to the Goulburn and seeing crowds of people, um, <laughs> you know, the, well, the Otways is it, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like, it's crazy. Um, and, mm. uh, and all those those waters around Warrnambool, uh, the main ones, I guess, being uh, the Merai, uh, the Hopkins, Mount Emu Creek, uh, and then you've got the still waters of, of Parambit, Bull and Mary, you've, you know, within shooting distance of the Grampians as well. There's just a lot of unbelievably good water. And if you like big trout, I don't know if there's a better spot in Victoria to go chasing big oh, trout. around Warnable, like those. Seriously, yeah, you guys are getting a trophy. Yeah, you're not, like, apart from these dumb stockies that are in the Goulburn, you're not going to catch a trout as big as you, <laughs> like a wild trout as big as you will yeah, down there. Yeah. yeah. And and they, I haven't fished those, like, the bigger fish rivers personally, but they seem to come a lot easier than your lake fish. Mm. Like, a lot easier than the bigger fish in your lakes i'm not mm. saying that they're easy fisheries easy, yeah, but they're but easier but yeah i think yeah and long seasons as well you know yeah. like I, I've, we've had reports coming in of people dry fly fishing down there that, that they've been dry fly fishing through august yeah you know, like yeah, right. that yeah. while we're all here waiting waiting for it to happen <laughs> yeah. cold and, and um you know and those rivers remain open through the close of the season so you don't have to worry about that mm. Uh, it's, yeah, pretty pretty special, um, really. One one river that Andrew didn't mention that I, I feel like is uh, definitely definitely worth a mention is the the Cumberland River. Oh, if, I was uh, strategic in that. Oh, thanks yeah. for giving thanks it away. <laughs> no, I'll <laughs> beat that one out. No secrets, mate. No, no but secrets. Tell us about the Cumberland. Um, the Cumberland River. To be perfectly honest, I've only fished it uh, one, once. Um, my little brother has has flung a, a few a few lures in it. Heaven forbid I say the old word and, and rustled up a, a few decent, actually a decent trout. He, he caught one that was, I think it was about 40, 40 centimetres long or something like that. Beautiful. But um, gorgeous, gorgeous fish, brilliant condition. And there's lots of fish in there. There, um, It's just a gorgeous little little water. There's a there's occasional sea runners that, that come in and out. I, I don't know if I'd say, you know, they're reliable, but um, they definitely are sea runners. Uh, and... There's just there's plenty of fish in there. It's it's a gorgeous little river, nice and open, plenty of room for casting, some really long it's and it's got that sort of um diversity of, of, of water type. You've got, you know, your sort of more tumbly mountain streamy uh sections, some some longer riffles and then a lot of like big flat pools, a lot of really cool dry fly fishing opportunities. Um but the the trout in there I I would argue are pretty particularly flighty um having you know a walking track right next to it i think they see a bit of foot traffic and uh i think they haven't become accustomed to seeing to seeing people but are still uh on the lookout for for people so you have to be a little bit uh cautious and uh sneaky but um definitely some some worthwhile fishing to be had there cool yeah. No, it sounds great. And, I, you know, we talk about sea runners. I think those fish are probably always there as resident fish, but mm. it's the white bait that gets them more active and that's when we yeah. tend to identify where they are and what they're doing, you know. So to the streamer fisherman that's willing to fish outside that time of year, I'm sure you'd still clean up. Oh, yeah. You know, like mm. they're there. They're there to be caught. Definitely. Um, so next, guys, let's talk a bit about our favourite flies or our fly of the week. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are we calling this segment? Flies of the week. Flies of the week? Yeah. Cool. Um, nice and simple. Have you got one? Um, no, come back to me. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to decide between two in my head. As I said, I've been going a bit mayfly crazy and something that I haven't tied yet but have been looking at and just sort of, you know, sussing out, I suppose, um, is the extended body mayfly patterns. That They're sort of a modern fly, I suppose. Um, they... they 
it's sort of that borderline of what is an effective fly and what is a piece of art. I just think they're really cool. Um, it's actually, you know, you have your hook shank uh, and then you've actually, it's almost tied similarly to a tube fly in that you do it on um, on a, on a, on a pin. pin or yeah, on yeah, a pin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you actually tie, you know, probably a few bits of elk hair or, or deer hair or something like that. Are you going to do foam in the tail or what are you using for the yeah, tail Yeah, so material? I've seen a few people do that. I've also mm. seen people just use elk hair, which I yeah, reckon looks cool. it looks I've cool. It yeah. looks great. Um, and if you layer elk hair and deer hair in different colours, you know, some people will do um, a lighter underbody and, and then yep. say like an olive top, you can end up with a really nice effect. Um, and, and so... you. Pretty much what I'm trying to describe here that, for that anyone at like home. Hard work. Um, yeah, yeah, it's hard work, <laughs> I think. Um, you tie the body. You tie essentially the tail of the mayfly um, using all of these different sections, and it, it sticks off like a, I guess, an appendage that you then tie on to the. Uh, don't look at me. Appendage. <laughs> <laughs> that Sorry, you I, just, I just haven't, <laughs> haven't heard that word used in the context it, it, with which it was meant to it, be used for some time. It is fly tying. <laughs> uh, so you, you have a essentially a, a fly with a with a with a long appendage tail uh, coming off the back of it, and it yeah, it's meant to be a very natural presentation but it's kind of more artsy fartsy i think um yeah rather than which is what fly tying should be and i, I think that's really you know cool. there's yeah. tying to fill your yeah. fly box and then there's time for the fun of fly tying. and i yeah. think that's that's exactly it and they're, they're cool and they don't actually look too hard yeah. um yeah it looks like something that youtube's brought to the to the common folk so yeah definitely yeah. and it's impressive to look at yep yeah like, yeah they, they, do, they do look really cool yeah, yeah. they look sick uh peter um, probably those bum fluff stimmies that we spoke about earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. Good. I'm a dirty stimulator <laughs> fisherman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've got but nymphomaniacs and bum fluffs and, you know, like to anyone that doesn't fly fish listening to this, you just... Well, I could have said sex dungeon or something. You, yeah, you, you, yeah. you, like, you like the bum fluff stimmy because you... Yeah, <laughs> you you um you like the bum fly stimmy because you make most of the material yourself at home. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's it. He is Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up Saving for the best on, bum fly material yeah. out. <laughs> Natural buoyancy. Um, no. no, they're fantastic. They can be a little bit like you just have to look after CDC. That's the only downfall of it, I think. Um, so you do have to look after that CDC well with some powdered floatant. But they're fantastic. In Good nymph under dry fly. Those rubber legs ride on the film of the surface fantastically. Yeah. It's yeah. a great fly that we're out of stock of. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> There's very of them. Do we? Yeah. We're out of uh, great royal stimulators. X. Okay. Stimulators. Yeah. yeah. So, so good news for you all. Good news. Yeah. yeah good news. If you need your bum fluff, come and see Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter's the, the Bring the razors. <laughs> bum fluff fisherman. He's our Euro nymphing bum fluffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my turn. Bullsy, what is it? I'm going to go, cause it, just because it was a fly that fished really well for me up at the Hauk, where it's called a KJ Flashback Red Tag. I don't know why no. they call it a red tag, because it's yep. actually got an orange tag. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe whoever tied it's colourblind and it's supposed to have a red tag. Maybe we got a dodgy batch. Maybe they just ran out of red tailing material. And went and orange. Yeah, orange will do. Maybe They'll it, never know the difference. It, maybe it doesn't matter. Orange, red. Maybe. No, no. Oh, it matters, no, mate. It, it matters. The oh, trout refuse. You've got, <laughs> to, you've got to get the red. The trout's yeah. there. Trout like, refuse. No, yeah. that was red. I'm, 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 I'm not eating that. No, it's like, that's orange. It's like actually big pink trout. and orange yeah, and it. red tags are different ones. You need different a rivers. dozen yeah. of each one in your yeah. box. Yeah. Uh, pink tags catch big fish. Uh, red tags, small fish. and mm. orange, orange tags just in, don't catch fish. You guys have factored in water temperature. 
you know, like oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That dictates the colour yeah. of the tag every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, it's got really good weight in it, big slot of bead on it. it it's was, a jig fly, yeah. It's a jig fly. It's got like a soft tackle on it, really good movement. It just uh, – and dark black, just like – Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, like a, a UV sort of dub. jig? Yeah. I think yeah. every jig we sell is barbless. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah I, um, you don't want a barb on a jig hook. Yeah, well, I was fishing. I was fishing um, some some jig hooks, and some of the fish that I caught, all the fish I caught in the Hauk were actually were on, on the jig hooks, and I had some of them come to air. I lost, I lost tension on on one of them, and it stayed on fine. That was probably a little bit of luck, but um, I think the jig hook, just the way it rates, and then and then sort of uh, the pressure is kept right up in there. It's um, it's just a, it's just a well designed hook. Yeah, it but is. Every now and then. You you get lucky, don't you? You know, yeah, like if you don't keep sure. tension on a fish, it's not game over. No, I think no, it's, it's no, still worth sure. going. Yeah. Oh, I've dropped the line, or you know, yeah, and then recover so. it, and that. chances yeah. are he'll still be connected. Oh, they yeah. hold him pretty good. Definitely, you know, a fly with weight in it probably falls out a little bit more readily than a dry. Yeah. I almost feel like with a dry, you could strike and just let him swim away if you wanted mm. for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, but that being said, I've I've had fish come off that were. If they're jumping, that's a different story. No, I had one that actually just it just buried down at the bottom of a pool and wasn't really moving, and then all of a sudden my fly just came back at me. Oh right, and it was a good good fish. I was one you'll never forget, like what? that day oh, at Tullamore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, yeah, I'd love yeah. to forget that day. Yeah, at it nah, nah, it was good. On. Still, learned, yeah. still learned some good lessons there. Yeah. Um, just uh, a bit more shop talk. What we've got happening in here tomorrow is the world acclaimed Rise Fly Fishing Film Festival. Mm. Uh, looking forward to it, guys. That's the one. Oh, hell yeah. Been, uh, getting set up in here today. Yep. The shop's looking tidy. It is. The seats are looking good. Yeah, because we hand wash every single one of them. Every <laughs> single one of them. COVID safe, folks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they know it. Precisely. And they're not dusty anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, fan- fantastic. The shop's looking great. Um, prepared to host what I think is going to be a really nice event. It will be, yeah. So it, it, it is a sellout, folks. And to those that have bought tickets, we and Nick Raygart of Gin Clear Media, who puts the festival together, are eternally grateful for your support. Um, we're looking forward to just a great evening. Um, Max is going to have a bit of uh, his Italian finger food for us all to enjoy. I'm uh, expecting big things. I know. Max well, we've, talks up his we've, cooking. We've heard lot. big things. Mate, he's been talking up his food for two years and I've never tasted a mouthful of it. It better be good. (laughs) It's exclusive experience. There is a lot riding on it, isn't it? And if it's no good, we've also got chips and popcorn to go along with it. Yeah, Yeah. so some quality salted popcorn there and uh, Smith's chippies. Um, But yeah, I think where we've invested pretty heavily is in the drinks. Yeah, we've got, got some good beers. That, that's really what matters, and that's what people are turning up for, right? <laughs> Apart from the company of, you know, the fly fishers, uh, incredible staff that are both witty and funny. And uh, <laughs> by the time that they get here, a little bit drunk. Yeah, no, perfect. Um, but, yeah, look, we're going to be it's, – it's just going to be such a great social event, and uh, we look forward to uh, hosting you all, um, all our, our, the people that have bought tickets to that. And um, – Hopefully, in time, you know, as uh, the COVID wave subsides, the festival starts back up in the country and tours around and can get around and, and exhibit and show these films to, to all those regional centres that are, miss, are missing it this year. So those people that have reached out to us from interstate going, oh, you know, like, is it going to be coming to us? Like, look, we're sorry it's not. Uh, this year's a bit unique, um, but it is just in store. 
and hopefully next year will be a different story. Um, so that's what's happening for us here uh, tomorrow. And then, of course, a super long weekend. So four days off for most people. Um, we are actually going to be in here on the Saturday from uh, 9 till 2, just before the grand final kicks off at 2.30, I believe. Um, so, uh, yeah, AFL grand final. We hope everyone enjoys it. Queen's birthday. Sorry. No, it's not the Queen's birthday. We oh. can't celebrate the Queen's birthday. Don't can we? say. It is actually the, the Queen's King. birthday in WA, though. Is oh. that right? Surely it just becomes the king's. Anyway, I was talking about the queen. I was. I know exactly. (laughs) She's still got a birthday public holiday, mate. She still was born, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, but different in WA. I know things are backwards there, but that's another. So uh, we hope everyone pays their respects, and if you are doing that stream side or lakeside, uh, hats off to you. And uh, we really hope you enjoyed the long weekend. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to the next episode. Can Can I talk about my fly of the week? Oh shit. Mate, you got first opportunity and you missed it. I wasn't ready. I'm on. I'm on now. All right. Um, give it to us. Just a, a pheasant tail soft tackle. Catches lots of fish. And uh, I think just the way that that soft tackle sort of undulates in the water just gives a little extra movement. Partridge? What are you using? I actually, I've, I've, these are the ones I've tied, I've tied my own. Um, and they're, they're off a, a whiting um, wet fly hackle. Hen, it's a hen cape. Oh, yeah. And soft they have tackle. S- yeah, yeah, soft tackle. And they have some yeah. really like really small um, small feathers uh, that fit a, like a, a size 16 um, nymph RX hook, nymph, uh, nymph hook really, really well. And they, right. Yeah, they look gorgeous. Um, I've invested a bit of time into tying, tying some nymphs up recently and it's, uh, it's can been really you, uh, Can you tie up 10 dozen for the customers that are going to call us tomorrow asking for them? Yeah. Uh, no. You better yes. go home now and get started. Just, that's get it. Started. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be tying all, all tomorrow. <laughs> Tying them up. Um, Um, Yeah, yeah, it's just good. Soft tackle flies. Good stuff. They are. CDC, Partridge, or the Whiting soft tackles. Um, Good movement. Bloody good fly. Uh, That's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, And enjoy your long weekend. Anything to add, Forbesy? Forbesy out. Forbesy out.